boring businesses can make a fortune. A lot of them, you know, they just work by referrals anymore. They haven't run a TV ad or a radio ad in exactly. 15 years. I started working with a brand from three corporate locations, got to 240 locations over 18 months. <laughs> There's a case study. In my mind as an entrepreneur, that's the biggest problem is hiring and, and, and finding good. We had to buy our way out. We had to start a company. Now, this is 2019. We start building this company up. My wife is pregnant. We have my son, Marcus, almost 10 weeks early. At 30 weeks, we get admitted to the NICU here um, at St. Francis. And my son was there 81 days while we were trying to figure out how to build a business, keep it going. The resilience of my wife, Amy, and going through all that with the just, I can only tell you how everything comes down to four things. If you want to be a part of our team, number one is you have to be authentic. You have to be willing to to be real about what you're feeling, your beliefs. Number two is you have to be open. If you're pissed off, you need to say, I'm pissed off. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I feel blank, whatever. I hated accounting. I didn't like anything about numbers. Simply the ability to know numbers, know Excel, know QuickBooks, and that makes you invaluable to almost every business entrepreneur person I've ever met. I couldn't even count how many businesses I have a sliver of because I came in and did their books, helped them get their stuff together and did all their projections, KPIs, all those things. Right. I, I like watching and building and, and, you know, and watching things take off. And I thought, okay, I want to get in this business on the side of finding those small businesses, helping them scale, getting a little piece of the action and move on. Hey, I know how to get these businesses in the system. I know what the system's like. We just need to actively find great small companies. Mm -hmm. Anything can be a franchise. It all comes down to the, the ability of the owners or founders to train somebody else to do it. Welcome to the Colorado Springs Business Podcast, where we discuss business principles and provide real life insight into the lives of everyday business owners and entrepreneurs. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe or leave a review wherever you might be listening. Now let's talk business. We interrupt this program to bring you our sponsors, the people who help make this show possible. Dope Tees. Dope Tees is one of our fresh new sponsors that we have for you today. Dope Tees is here to help level up your style game. They're all about killer designs and top-notch quality. Seriously, go check them out. As a matter of fact, I'm wearing Dope Tees right now. This is a tee that I'm wearing that is a dope tee. Episode of the founder and owner of Dope Tees is coming up soon. Be on the lookout. Or it's already here. So go find it. Thank you, Dope Tees, for supporting us and helping us do what we do here at the COS Business Podcast. Curious? Head over to Dope Tees' website right now. That's www dope t-e-e-z.biz b-i-z that's www.d-o-p-e-t-e-e-z yes check it out we're thrilled to introduce our newest sponsor pinnacle advanced primary care are you tired of the hassle that comes with traditional health care pinnacle is here to change the game for just 68 dollars a month you get direct access to your primary care physician without the need for insurance co-pays or deductibles yeah you heard that right it's healthcare simplified. The benefits of using Pinnacle Advanced Primary Care is strong doctor-patient relationships. Enjoy extended 30 to 60 minute office visits and get the individualized care you deserve. Convenient access to care. Whether you're at home or travel the world, you can reach out to your local doctor via chat, email, or video visits. Cost-effective treatment. Pinnacle believes in radical transparency, offering you cost-effective care without any hidden fees. So, if you're ready to take control of your health and be an active participant in your healthcare journey, Pinnacle Advanced Primary Care is the way to go. Visit their website at PinnacleAPC.com. That's PinnacleAPC.com. Franchise, Franchise Succeed. Succeed. Franchise Succeed brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. 
boasting a team of over six decades of combined experience in franchising and financial planning. They specialize in helping business owners elevate their companies through franchising. What sets them apart? Expertise in multiple industries. Whether you're in retail, finance, or energy exploration, they've got you covered. Tailored strategies. They work closely with their clients to understand the unique needs and goals developing customized investment plans. Ethical approach. Integrity and ethics are at the core of their operations, ensuring they work with only the best and most qualified partners. They can help you. From customer service policies to million-dollar marketing programs, they've got the expertise. If you're thinking about franchising your business or need strategic guidance, look no further. That's FranchiseSucceed.com. FranchiseSucceed.com. Our next sponsor is a company... I like to call, and they like to call themselves too, Planet, Planet Duct. Duct. If you're in Colorado Springs and surrounding areas and you haven't heard of Planet Duct, you're missing out. They're not just any air duct cleaning company service. They're NADCA, NADCA certified specialist. Here's what sets them apart. Powerful equipment. Their team is highly trained to give your air ducts a cleaning that is literally out of this world. Comprehensive cleaning. From blowing the dust from your duct vents to cleaning the truck lines, they've got it all covered. They even clean the return drop blower wheel and filter compartment. Safety checks. After all that cleaning, they do a free carbon monoxide check to ensure your system is safe. Time efficient. Depending on your home size and project scope, they typically take about three to five hours to get the job done, and they get it done right. So if you're looking to breathe a little easier, give Planet Duct a call. Trust us, your lungs will thank you. Visit their website for more information at planetduck.com. Our next sponsor is Recon Marketing. And you know what? I'm going to tell you why Recon Marketing rocks. Their expertise. They know the ins and out of marketing like the back of their hand. They have many of years of experience in doing this, and you can trust them. Free consultations. Not sure if they're a right fit? They offer a free consolation to help you decide. And if that wasn't enough, the co-host of this episode today right now is Marcus Alvarado, who is the founder of Recon Marketing. Custom solutions. Every business is unique, and Recon Marketing tailors their services to meet your specific needs. Results driven. They focus on delivering real measurable results. So connect with them today. Get your free consultation today at reconmarketingservices.com. That's reconmarketingservices.com. So now we're going to dive into this amazing episode. Welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Mr. Jeff Alexander with Franchise Succeed. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you guys so much for uh, making time available while I'm here in town. This of is course. this is great. Well, one for one, you're a sponsor of our show, and we really appreciate everything you've done to support our show and the growth of our show over the past few months. And I mean, honestly, like I love your business. I want to get into it. But first, before we go into all that, let's start with like just beginning journey of what got you into, got you into entrepreneurship from the start. Sure. You know, um, for me, it started when I was a little kid. I grew up uh, being here in Colorado Springs. I grew up in Holland Park. Um, I, I came from, uh, we'll say, a, a lower income class family. Um, and really for me, is if I wanted something, I had to figure out how to afford it. Um, and uh, in the old days, in the back of magazines, they would have uh, pictures of all these toys and how many items you could sell and what you if you sold this many items you would get this and you're selling stationery and gift cards and stuff door to door um and i so i signed up and i started selling gift cards door to door i bought my first nintendo that way i bought my first video games all that way selling stationery mm-hmm. at you know 9 10 11 years old door to door all throughout my neighborhood and I found that, that I was pretty good at it, and I, I really enjoyed it. And um, really, for me, I think when it started, the pivot is I, I got a job selling cars um, mm. here at one dealership, and I was about 90 days in, 
and uh, I got fired. And I'm like, this sucks. And uh, I, but everybody said, hey, if you can handle, um, you know, they, they said uh, the the meetings and and um, it was Perkins Chrysler Plymouth at the time, oh, wow. and they used to joke. They said if you can handle the bear, the, the 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 prayer slash sales meetings, it'll be great. And for me, that was fantastic because you know my faith is important to me. So I was like, I can do that. So I actually got a job at Perkins Chrysler Plymouth uh, selling cars, and I was there about ninety days, and mm-hmm. uh, I got brought into the office with uh, this just general sales manager who's gruff and, and edgy and rough. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, don't, you don't want to take your deals to that guy, whatever. And he said, listen, here's the thing. You got to sell 10 cars this month or you're fired. 10 cars, or you're fired. And I'm like, okay, I'm 19 years old. I'm, you know, uh, I'm like, what? I don't know what to do. I have no idea. But I was like, okay, how do I, I stopped and I said, okay, how do I do this? I got to find it. Who's the best here? And I'm going to stare at them and watch them like a hawk. And I'm going to outwork everyone else. And that next month, I actually sold 13 and a half cars. Good for you, man. So, so and the, right after that, within a year, I was the top salesman at the dealership. I was then, this, then the top three the year after that. But it got to be a place where, you know, there's a, a saying in the Bible that says, you know, prophets never uh, welcomed in his own town because they remember you as a little kid, not as what you are now. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is I was still looked at as that little guy. And I was like, if I'm ever going to do something, I got to go do it on my own. And I had some wonderful friends um, who helped me get my start. And so I actually opened up my first car dealership here in Colorado Springs at 22 years old. Wow. And uh, I had some fantastic people here in the Springs that really helped me. Um, and uh, I want to fast forward that general sales manager who really pushed me hard mm-hmm. and was going to fire me 20 years later was the best man at my wedding. Wow. Nice. So yeah. he re- uh, his name's Dale Cecil and he's, he's one of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting how those little moments really build on, on your life. And, and, yeah. but that for me was really what got it going. And, and in the car business, it's, you know, it was a weird time because I opened up September 1st, 10 days later, September 11th happened, oh. right? So interesting time to open okay, up a business. Yeah, yeah. 2001. And, or 2001, <laughs> yeah. right? And so, you know, for me the, in the business, though, my clientele got a lot better because of people that were struggling because the economy is all whacked out and stuff. And so I was doing a ton of subprime financing mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot of buy here, pay here. So people carrying those notes. And, and really what I started to learn is that those notes became very valuable in bundles. And so what I started to learn to do is bundle these loans up and then sell them off to banks. So bundle a bunch of deals up and sell them off. And and I did that for a couple of years, which really got me into finance is really understanding, hey, how all this stuff works and then figuring out how to raise some money here to be able to do that there. And, um, you know, one of the interesting components of, 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 of my journey was that, uh, you know, I was selling a bunch of cars um, to guys that were in the oil and gas business. And their incomes were roller coasters because they would raise a bunch of money, they'd spend a bunch of money, and then they'd not have the money. And so they'd default on car loans and they'd go. But I, I, you know, at one point, I think I had 26 loans out to the oil and gas guys 
the managers and all their salespeople. And so, but I developed great relationships with that. Mm -hmm. And um, the only reason that really matters is because years later, um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I, through those relationships, invested into a broker dealer. I'm not sure if you know what a broker dealer is, but broker dealer is like when you think of uh, companies that go out and raise capital or, you know, you're, you're, Edward Jones or Charles Schwab, or that, that's a broker dealer. But in this particular case, they raised a bunch of capital and then invest the capital. And, and we built this whole uh, firm to, to raise capital and to do oil and gas deals with the guys that I had been working with. Uh, frankly, those deals didn't work out the way that we had hoped. And now I ended up with a broker dealer with no deal flow. I had no deals to do. I had no wells to drill, but I had all the infrastructure in place. And I was really fortunate to meet a great gentleman here, uh, Michael Gilbert, and we together built an oil and gas company. I, I did the business side, he did the oil and gas side. And it worked really well, and we, I did that for many years. But in that, I learned how to raise capital. In that process, the, the, the swings of oil and gas are ups and down all over the place. You know, if you hit a well, it's great. You don't hit a well, it's really bad. And so I wanted to diversify, and so I really started getting into personally into franchising. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to diversify, you know, my income and, and my value. So I started investing in uh, my first business were in salon suites. Uh, Phoenix Salon Suites actually founded here in Colorado Springs nice. um, by Jason and Gina Rivera. They, they have since moved from here. But and they I think they've got 350 locations now. Um, wow. when, I, when I met them, I think they might have had maybe eight or 10. And so it's been really really cool to watch them grow too. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, they worked, it worked out very well. Um, very hands off, no brain damage. And I thought this could be really good. So then I started to put together groups and I would try to go after five guys, burgers mm -hmm. and fries. Mm -hmm. And I found out all the territory was gone. Meaning even if you wanted one, you couldn't have it because somebody else already had the rights to it. And I thought, well, okay, well, wait a second. So how does that happen? I said, well, I guess I'll try something else. Then I tried orange theory fitness all the territories are gone. So I happened to talk to one of my friends at Phoenix, um, was another franchisee who was also in the franchise world. He goes, well, what you need to do is become a franchise consultant. And what you'll do is you'll see these emerging growing brands before anybody else. Mm -hmm. Then you, you'll catch whatever territory you want because you're, they're going to, they're, you know, they're going to have a couple locations and that's your time to jump. It's like stock picking almost. It is, <laughs> but they're pitching you and they're coming right there. And, and, you know, most people in that segment are looking to be a broker where they're just, you know, selling it to other folks. For me, I was looking at for, for personal, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted where I put my own money. And I started doing that. And I had a really great database for over my years in private equity and raising money and in oil and gas. And so I had a great database um, of, I think, 110,000 high, high, you know, high net worth individuals. So it was a pretty good database to work with. And I just kind of started dipping my toe in the water in about uh, 2017, 2018. And I fell into, I sold 26 supercuts in three weeks. And I thought, okay, I think I have something here that I <laughs> yeah, could yeah, do. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. So, but I realized that for me, you know, I love watching a business from the very beginning and slowly growing into something great. And I'm not, I love sales, but I love watching it grow. And in that mm -hmm. consultant role, it was simply a matter of selling it, go to the next deal, sell it, go to the next deal. Very simple, like a real estate agent or whatever. And that's not the person or the business I want to be in. I, I like watching 
and building and, and you know and watching things take off. And I thought, okay, I want to get in this business on the side of finding those small businesses, helping them scale, getting a little piece of the action and move on. And so really I started pivoting my business and what I was looking for was, hey, I know how to get these businesses in the system. I know what the system's like. We just need to actively find great small companies. Mm-hmm. And, and anything can be a franchise. It all comes down to the, the ability of the owners or founders to train somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to find out if it's going to be good because have they been able to ex- get more than one location? Because if they've done more, more than one, it's they're not at both locations all the time. It means they at least have trained somebody at least to do half the job. And if they've got three or four, it's really a slam dunk at that point. And so what I do now is I just look for great little companies that have great financials, but even more than that, can teach people how to do what they're doing effectively and well. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much my entrepreneurship journey. I mean, in a, in 20, you know, 25, 25 years <laughs> and 10 minutes. So, yeah. but you know, I will tell you, there's nothing greater than watching a young entrepreneur live out their dreams. It, it, there's really, for me, it, there's nothing like it. And it's so cool to watch somebody come up with a great idea at a bar on a napkin with a crayon yeah, for sure. and watch them turn that into something. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, for me, that's the best part. The best part of any is, is watching that napkin idea turn into a million dollar idea. My first business was like a napkin idea. It was on like papers drawn. It was a burger delivery service before Grubhub and DoorDash was out. So I was like, you got pizza delivery, but you can't like get a burger delivery. So I was like, I'm gonna- You should have, you should have <laughs> taken it to the I bank. Scaled, I scaled it out too, like on that, on that, like, I just like it consumed my life for like a month just like planning everything and uh well consumed my life like a whole like year doing like trying to execute on it um but yeah i I scaled it out i was like i want to i want to see what it would take to to get this to a billion dollars in sales so i was like okay so i need this many mopeds for this many locations and i (laughs) I was going that far into like the planning of it i was like and so i was like envisioning like if i were to have multiple locations I wasn't even thinking for, I was like 19 at the time, I think. So I wasn't even thinking franchise. I was just yeah. like, what would I need to sure. expand this to that number? It. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was a, a fun thing. And I remember I had a lot of like loyal, uh, believers in the, in the idea as well too. people who loved the, well, the, as the it's food. proven out, it's been, it was a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, I uh, so, oh yeah, my moped got stolen. So and I, well, that, that, yeah. it's a barrier. That's a, just a barrier to entry. Yeah, it's a small little barrier. And <laughs> then like my theft. roommate was mad because the house always smelled like uh, fast food. So, <laughs> so there was a few things, and and it was just like I was I was I decided to 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 pursue something else. But yeah, that was sure. a fun fun endeavor. And like maybe one day I'll pick it back up, but probably not because I'm working on Beam of Visuals, which is my main focus right now. So yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, there's something like, I think we have a lot of relate relatability to you because like for our show, we love to see people grow and flourish. And like, we've had people on multiple times and we're like, okay, like we had them on two years ago and then see the growth when we have them on two years later. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun. And like, I think that's part of the purpose of this podcast is like just interacting with people on their journey and everybody are in different stacks of their journey, right? You have the startups and like the excitement's high and like they maybe haven't been punched in the face just yet right. all the way until like it's the coming. season, the seasoned business owner, like you said, who's been through that, has the scars, has the wisdom now that they gain through probably some painful experiences as well. For sure. I think one of the things I would say I learned, I mean, it, it's absolutely not all, you know, fun and you know, fun. I will tell you, I mean, yeah. one of the things I've learned and, and, and frankly, I've been kicked in the, in the nuts many different times and failed many different times. Um, 
I think one of the cool things about it, you know, Gary Vee, who you brought up earlier in, mm -hmm. in, the, in the conversation talks about it, is if you failed, you're not really multiple times, you're not really afraid of failing again. And what I've also realized is things that I've tried and done have, that have failed, I've learned from, and I grow a company or whatever faster back to where I was and above than right. I ever did before because I'm not going to make those same mistakes again. So I, I think that, you know, it, it's such a cool thing what you guys do on this podcast because it really allows you, and if you're doing multiple visits, it really allows you to watch that process of, you know, a, a business from its incubation all the way to, you know, the end all goal might be an exit or, you know, somebody riding off into the sunset. But, you know, it's so f important to be able to talk through all those spots because I think a lot of people is like, see these guys on on you know social media you know flying the private jet and driving the lamborghini well you know a lot of that's not exactly what you think it is and you know i'd much rather talk to the guy who's lost his ass five times but the sixth time he figured it out because that's somebody i can relate to and i can believe that they really made those mistakes and they don't they can tell you they don't know everything mm -hmm. um you know there's a, a great story about henry ford um you know, that gets called into a room and all these reporters are, are asking him, you, you know, you, you didn't finish this amount of school. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You don't know everything. And he explains, I don't know any of that. But if you ask me any question you guys can ask me and I can push a button on my desk and I can bring somebody here to answer mm -hmm. that question for me. And I, and it mm -hmm. was like, that's the thing is if you, when you learn that you don't know everything, but you learn how to build relationships with great people like yourselves that can help you do a lot of things. That's so, so important. And I think that's very hard for entrepreneurs on the solopreneur journey to do that, to give away, I guess, that control of their baby. Because they're like, like you said, when you're giving it up to somebody else to do that job for you, it eventually becomes that where they, they're better at that job than you are. You right. Know? And, and, and I can tell you, in, in my world, I am, and, and you, you talk to my numerous business partners across multiple businesses, they say, he's not good at details. He's not this, but but he's good at selling. He's good at building relationships. He's good at bundling deals. He's good at financials. Right. But you, ask, you give me a list of 25 things, I'm going to forget like nine of them, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my Google calendar has every specific thing has to be written down on that thing, or I'm, I really struggle with it. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's finding also great people around you. Mm -hmm. Um that you can rely on. And you brought up solopreneurs. There's nothing better than 10 solopreneurs working together. Yeah. Because that's the, that's really when, and, and if there's any encouragement is make sure you're surrounding yourself as a business person with great business people like yourself who are all on that journey, but also make sure you sprinkle in some really great people who've been there, done that many times. Um, because if you find those right people, they're happy to share, you know, the ups and downs and the mistakes they made. You know, I think that's a big, big yeah. part of it. You just got to be willing to listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, to, to and I will it. tell you, anybody that says I know everything is going to fail. That's a matter of time, mm -hmm. you know, because something you're not expecting, the unexpected will happen. Well, you mentioned um, in the beginning of your story that you were so fortunate to come into contact with all these like, quote unquote, mentors or strategic yes. partners that you had. How much do you attribute your success to like having those people early on? Because a lot of people, they don't have that. Um, well, you know, um, I would... Mentors is is a is a good word. I would say gamblers. I think I had some great friends. One of the, those guys, his name is Eric Staker. He actually runs a car dealership here in town. He's been in the business for, oh gosh, probably you know forty years now. Wow. Um, and he was willing to put a gamble into a twenty two year old car salesman. 
Um, he really helped set me up. He put me with the right people. I mean, he, he just, he was a gambler and he believed in me. And I would say that was a, a huge part of that is it wasn't so much the mentorship, but it was somebody I could call if I needed to, but it was somebody who believed in me so much. I would say, I'm not trying to get all emotional, but, uh, things like that do change your life. Um, and, uh, so I would say the people that, you know, uh, Barry Helton, um, he, he got me my first start um, in entrepreneurship and he's, you know, he's, he's been around college springs for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And those guys believed in me and gave me a shot. And because of that, I'm where I'm at now is those guys gambling on me. What a you, young, young punk kid. What do you think they saw? I think they saw in me a hunger and I see people, you know, I was up at Comedy Works last night and I see people I haven't seen in a long time. And they're like, what are you doing now? Like, cause, and no matter what I said, they're like, yep, yeah, he could do that. You know, cause it's never been like, oh, what? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I could see why you do that. And, and I think it's, there's a, there's a, just a passion for business and a passion for salesman, uh, salesmanship and, and that whole thing. And I think that's really what it was. And, and they know I'm not going to quit because mm -hmm. I just don't. Like I fight. And, and I think, when you have somebody like that, I think they, they could see it. Um, you know, I think they saw that I had integrity and I had character and I was going to do things the right way. And I think that, I mean, it was a strategic bet, you know, and I've, I've been fortunate to run to so many people over the years like that. I think on the flip side of that, there's kind of a full circle moment of, um, like a lot of younger people are afraid to reach out to older people. Cause they're like, well, what value can that I is, offer that them? That is where the money is and I say and I don't say money like physically, but I say that is where the knowledge is and the power. You there are so many people in so many industries here in the Springs that would happy you'd be happy to to sit down with you over coffee, mm -hmm. you know. And you just have to ask, you know. Um, and 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 that's the thing is like it we're so afraid of somebody saying no mm -hmm. that and I guarantee if you ask the average person for five minutes, they'll give you two hours. It's so true. I think there's just preconceived notions of like these people in these high areas don't have the time for me, but rather like I'm only 32, about to be 33. Like I love seeing someone in their early 20s doing something because it reminds something of me back in that time frame of like, oh, like that's, it reminds me of me being so hungry, not really having the knowledge base, but the hunger and the drive is something that is inspiring even to me looking at someone 10 years younger than me. So I think a lot of them, I'm sure they saw that in you is you might've reminded them of them oh, in what earlier it was. years. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the, the opportunities for uh, young people, and I say young, I guess they're just kind of rough for me to say now, but for young people in their twenties to, to be mentored is so high now, you know, this generation um, of folks in their, you know, 65 to 80 years old, uh, these guys are are in, have successful businesses that they don't want to run anymore, and a lot of times these folks don't want to hand them. The, the kids don't want them. Their son doesn't want them. Their daughter doesn't want them. So they're sitting here with this very successful plumbing company that they've built over the last thirty five years, and they're about to retire. I guarantee you, there are multi million dollar deals out there for you to just go in and say, "I want you to teach me how to do this, and I'd love to buy the business from you some down." I guarantee you, hundred percent. There's hundreds of millions, if not billions and billions of dollars just in Colorado for that. And I guarantee you there's there's so many businesses like that just in Colorado. Uh, you look at so, the, the military, uh, retired military folks who retired here, started a business, and now they're on their second retirement. There's a lot. There's a lot of opportunity for somebody who's willing to get their hands dirty and work.
And I, I think that there's never been a time, probably, um, probably since World War II, that the opportunity has been as good as it's going to be for the next probably 10, 15 years. Yeah, well, we're seeing like the largest generation start to retire, right? The sure. baby boop generation. And who are they going to hand off that business to? A lot of their kids might not want it. In fact, a lot of them don't want they it, don't. right? They don't. They know, they know what that was like. And they're, and they're about to shut down a business doing $2.5 million a year. Huge opportunity, yeah, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's mind boggling. Now, it's going to take you a lot of effort to find them. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, there's a lot of folks online that are talking about it, but it's the truth. You know, if you're willing to just step in, you don't need to learn to be, you don't need to be a plumber to run a plumbing company. Yeah. You know, you don't need to be, um, you know, you don't need to be in those home services or whatever to run that. You just need to, to be able to, and especially if you can find a business that's, I'll call it, I'll maybe say stagnant, but has a website from 1992 in there, you know, 96 or, you know, and, and they, they don't, they don't have a Google reviews. They don't have, any, I mean, if you can go into a business and help them and show them how to build all that and, and show value, trust me, you're going to be in line if you put the, if you put the right pieces and parts in place. Yeah, it's so true. Do you know who Cody Sanchez is? Have yeah, that's exactly. That's. <laughs> I mean, she speaks about it all the time, and and but that but it is a it is a absolutely real thing, um, and 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 frankly, even in my business, I'm looking to target those folks because you know they have fantastic established businesses, and the ability to scale something like that with the right people is very high, because it's been proven. I mean, you you do a couple million dollars a year in revenue for ten years. That's about as stable as it gets. And a lot of times they, they, the owner goes in, he kind of looks around, you know, looks at his employees, makes a cup of coffee, sits down at his desk, maybe does some accounting and goes home. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like, you know, and I'm not saying that's the way all the time, but if they've done a great job, that's it. And how sad is it for somebody who's built a business for 20 plus years to know that if he leaves, the door is going to get locked and all those employees are going to quit and, and that's gotta be tough. That's gonna be really tough too. So mm -hmm. I think it's it's great for so many people. It's great for the the founder of the business, and it's great for the person that's willing to put, you know, their hard work and effort on the line to do it. And that's what. But that's the fun part of entrepreneurship. You don't have to start. You don't have to come up with a great idea. You just gotta be willing to work, to learn new skills and and have new talents to be able to let you do other things. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of it is also the intimidation factors for a lot of these entrepreneurs who. Um, like you said, you're like, you don't have to be a plumber to run a plumbing business. You have to have a business sense and you got to add a level of technology or something that updates their current process. And then you're off to the races. But I do think there are, like I said, a lot of entrepreneurs intimidated with going into a business they've never been into before. So like for you to talk to that specific entrepreneur, what would you suggest they do? I mean, obviously there's got to be some level of like understanding of like what it means to actually acquire business, right? Sure. I would say my value and how I've got into the opportunities that I've gotten is frankly learning accounting. I hate accounting. I don't, I now I'll get my say this differently. I hated accounting. <laughs> I didn't like anything about numbers. I didn't like anything, but simply the ability to know numbers, no Excel, no QuickBooks. And that makes you invaluable to almost every business entrepreneur person I've ever met because it's, it's good most of the time, <laughs> those folks hate that. Yeah. So I can only tell you, I couldn't even count how many businesses I have a sliver of because I came in and did their books, helped them get their stuff together and did all their projections, KPIs, all those things. Right. Because if they don't know how to do it, they might be the greatest salesman and be able to sell anything to anybody. 
but they have absolutely no idea how to sit down and put all those pieces and parts together or file a, a state sales tax return, right? So, Or they just don't like it. Or both, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? Both. <laughs> I know I don't like it, but I know how to do it. <laughs> right. But but the thing is, you want to make yourself invaluable. Say, let me come in. I'm very interested in your business. I'd love to come help. And I'll, I'll, I'd love to look at your books and help you fix those. I can mm -hmm. do that. I'd love to teach you how to maximize uh, your your Google exposure. I mm -hmm. want to get you online. I want to do that. How how many feet in the door could you get if you're willing to do websites for free? Yeah. How many? Could I, you could be? I think it'd be countless. Yeah, for sure. Right. You say, listen, I would like to come in for free. And what they can say, what's the catch? Catch is if I do a great job, you teach me about your business. Right. Who's willing to do that? Not many, right? So that's kind of like the the strategy to get in the door it's, if you it's want the to jab, hire. jab, 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 <laughs> right hook that Gary Vee talks about. Give <laughs> and give it away, give it away, give it away, keep going. And and that's the thing. And the, the hook is teach me about the business and and show me and I'll show you how I can I think I can help you. And and if you're interested in doing something down the road, I'd love to to do something for you. I guarantee you. And, and we all know in the modern era, you can take an average website, you can flip it overseas, or you can flip it, do an AI. I've watched AI create websites in 20 minutes that would have taken months oh, yeah. before, you know? So the reality is you can do all this for very, you know, chat GPT and those kind of things are, are, are radically changing the speed of everything and the effort it would take. But I guarantee you, if you got on the phone today and called 25 people and said, I loved it completely free, no obligation, I'd like to to show you a, a modified website of what your website could look like. And I'm going to give it to you for free. You don't have to use me for anything else, but I'd love to learn more about your business because I think I'd love to get into the home services side or I'd love to get into the whatever it is, right? Because I'm looking for a business that I can plant my flag in. So the goal is to acquire the business eventually. Absolutely. Okay, sweet. And I, I mean, I'm giving you one, heck, I just, you know, I'm just giving you one one way, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you know, I joke, I'm I'm one beggar showing another beggar where some bread is, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing. I, you know, I can tell you how I find businesses. I look for fireworks. I look for social media hits. I look for people going crazy. I look for guys like Keith Lee showing up at your restaurant and, and putting you a three-hour wait out the door, right? That's what I'm looking for because I know that, that as soon as it happens, it's lightning in a bottle, mm -hmm. right? It's... I'm looking for established, great businesses that take fire, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like we wouldn't have heard about a Raisin Cane's five years ago, six years ago, yeah. you know. I barely heard about it this year. No. <laughs> right. You know, and then it gets habit forming and then you don't know what to do, you know. And yeah. so and, and, and that's the thing, like you look for those great opportunities and, and, and that's what I do. But similarly, you can look at if the business was founded in 1970, it's probably a good time. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that's that's a perfect business to go after. You know, if you see vans around town with the logo on the side, look kind of old, that's a great business. Yeah, longevity is a big piece to an established business. That's well, you know, that person's been doing it 20-something years. Well, and stand the test of time, right? You're talking Absol about how many absolutely. different types of market collapses. You're saying it's 1970 or 80. Right. There's if, been so many since right. then. Right, and, and if you're still running so-and-so plumbing or so-and-so carpentry or so-and-so whatever. Right. I mean- there's all kinds of businesses out there that you'd have no idea that are that make the money they are like water and mold mediation. I mean, you're like, what? But believe it or not, that's a huge business, you know? Yeah, Cody Sanchez is she says, you know, the whole boring business process, right? It is absolutely the truth. And and those those 
boring businesses can make a fortune. Absolutely. Especially if they get modernized. Because again, most of those folks, they, they, a lot of them, you know, they just work by referrals anymore. They haven't run a TV ad or a radio ad in exactly. 15 years, you know? And, and that's, that's the best part about it is that you can find something like that and take it, you know, uh, take a good look at it, find the right people. It could be, it, it could really truly be a fantastic opportunity. And, and, and for what I'm looking for is I'm probably looking for more emerging brands. So I, from, and, and what I do is I'm looking for a brand that's maybe two to three or three or four years old that they've got most all the kinks out of that's generating good revenue that you can get in for a relatively inexpensive amount of money. I've got the perfect lead for you. And I, we brought it up on our call, uh, the last call we had. And I, I just need to make the connection for you. Yeah. I think they're they're great. They've been on this podcast before and they're franchising. They're they're already they already have three locations. Yeah. Um and they're an amazing, amazing company. I can actually I can I can shout them out. Brush crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and what I can it? make the connection for you specifically. It's brush crazy. They do a paint and sip kind of thing. That's fantastic. Kind of, uh, I, so I started working just to give you an example. I started working with a brand uh early, one of my first brands in development, and uh f- from three corporate locations. We got to 240 Ooh. locations over 18 months. <laughs> There's a case study for, and, for Doug and Don. You hear that? <laughs> it's in, in, in a, 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 a painting, a very similar painting concept. Interesting. It's yeah. a great business. It's, it's a great business. It, it you have to you have to have some differentiators. You got to mm-hmm. make it easier. And you know, I would say for me, what I was seeing right now is the business that the least number of employees are the most going to be the most successful because I could tell you that is. The new thing is you've got to figure out how to fill those roles because that's that's what in my mind as an entrepreneur that's the biggest problem is hiring and, and, and finding good people. Yeah, and they have to hire artists as well too. So that's actually a cool thing for them because a lot right. of artists like you could either go work at McDonald's or you could go work at Brush Crazy, which is probably a lot funner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, no, no, I'd I'd be happy, but the, but that's a perfect type type business. Um, you know, any anything that you know. You can have one or two people that operate and and run effectively and do well can be very mm-hmm. successful. And it's a couple. It's a it's a that's great. A, a husband and wife that that run it. And 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 when you imagine like, you know, what I've seen in the last really five to seven years is hourly rates have uh, for employees have climbed drastically. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. the days of hiring somebody for 15 bucks an hour have, have long gone, right? Yeah. Um, especially in Colorado. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, you know. I got paid uh, seven twenty five in my first job. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and, and it's just wild to see. I remember my, I think, you know, my first job here, I think I got, I think I was making, I was at the Hungry Farmer. If you, you guys are probably too young to remember the Hungry Farmer. But the Hungry <laughs> Farmer was a restaurant, which now Chick-fil-A up on uh, Guard of the Gods. And, okay. uh, you know, I, I really want to, and I, I should have spoke to this before, but my, my first job was at the hungry farmer and your first job at the hungry farm was, was called a side stand and your job, no kidding for eight hours a night was to fold napkins in a special way, which I can still fold <laughs> them like crazy. Now you put them within a glass with silverware, mm-hmm. four or 500 a night. Plus, just doom, 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 all night, all night. That's all you, because your goal, if you were the best and did great, they might move you up to a food runner. Then you could run the food out. And then once you did a really good job as a food runner, if you did a great job, you could become a busser. And in most businesses, like the busser is a turd job, like the worst right. job you could get. But the hungry farmer, the thing about what oh, the hungry farmer was, 
is the busters who got the real tips because they did what was called high pours. And we'd pour coffee on chairs into cups on the ground. I can pour two cups of coffee in my back pocket. What the heck? <laughs> and so anybody who's been at the Hunger Farmer, you know. That's awesome. And, and so I remember working my ass off from folding napkins so I could maybe be a food runner. And then working my rear end off as a food runner just so I could have a chance to be a busser. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to say at the end of the day, that that work ethic of being willing to do what it took to fight through that, to become able to bust tables was really a big thing for me and a big deal for me. And so I, I would like to say that too, because it wasn't just about sales. It was about working your butt off in yeah. a job that sucked mm-hmm. to have a chance to do something that was fun. And I think a lot of people, especially today, want to jump to the job that's fun. Yeah. You might need to have a couple of jobs that suck first Mm -hmm. because you're going to learn more about yourself and what you're capable of in those sucky jobs than you are in that job, you know. But I remember, you know, I'm young. I I was maybe a junior in high school working there. And I remember busting a table fast and a lady walked over to me and said, I want you to have this because I've never seen anybody work in a restaurant as hard as you. And she handed me a hundred dollar bill. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. (laughs) And I, and I'm, but I I can think about, I'm, I'm 46 and I can, 30 years ago, I can remember that. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I remember what the lady looked like. I can remember what happened. And I was just so like disheveled at that moment because I thought I wasn't proud of the hundred dollar bill. I was proud that somebody watched. And that's the thing. Like, how would you work and how would you act if somebody's watching you all the time? You know, and that's that that was a big thing to me. It's like somebody's always watching. And so when you're working at work or when you're building your own business, if you woke up, we would make so many different decisions if we knew where somebody's watching us all the time. I think Gary Vee or, or maybe it's uh, Grant Cardona, one of those guys talks about it. It's like, how would you operate if somebody woke, when you woke your eyes up, they had a camera in your face? Like, and you had to, everything you did was that. I think that's a big part of that is being willing to, live that way like mm-hmm. you know you're sleeping until 12 o'clock in the afternoon probably not the best decision right i mean so i think it it it, it, it it's combining work ethic with with maybe being risk adverse you know and being willing to take some risks and i think there's a bunch of things that mm-hmm. all go into it but i don't even know where, how we went off on the hungry, hungry farmer tangent but but minimum wage minimum wage oh <laughs> but the the thing about that is that the the rates today are just not what they are. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I try to figure out in, in the businesses that, that I'm a part of is where do all the people go? Um, you know, if you text that on a, on a social media post, people think, you know, you're crazy and you're nut job and living wage and all that. I was like, I just don't know what's happening because two years, you know, pre pandemic, mm-hmm. I could put a, a posting out for a job and I'd have 50, 60 applicants. If you do it today, you'll get five. And and not at the same rate. We've raised all of our rates five to eight dollars an hour from where they're at. So mm-hmm. I mean, we have jobs. We have jobs. Uh, we've had post jobs for twenty two to twenty seven dollars an hour with three applicants. And you're like, what do you? What do you? I mean, like, there's no, no, like, there's no way to figure it out. You know, it's like, what are we missing here? You know. So I think there's so many opportunities out there for people to make a great living without working at a traditional job. That that's where people are, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something, you know. And 
And, you know, I, I, it's just amazing to me that dynamic and that coming back to if you're going to have a business, you've got to make it so it can be lean and mean because if you don't, it's going to be, it'd be definitely be a challenge. Lean and mean. Yeah. What do you, you, mean you I mean, not a lot of overhead and not a lot of uh, employees, something that's okay. simply managed. That's, that's, that's my business. <laughs> that's right. Well, and you know what I tell people and when people are looking for a business, this is what they're looking for. How much money am I going to have to put up? How much money can I make? And how much brain damage is it going to cost me? That's what mm -hmm. really what it comes down to. So in the franchising world and somebody's looking to buy it, that's what they're going to ask. They're expecting brand right. damage. That's, that's well, uh, no, there's <laughs> a, but see the most popular brands right now are brands that people want to be passive. They don't want to have to be there and live there and do all that. Problem is there's not many brands that really are like that. Mm -hmm. They'd love to tell you that, but that's nearly not the case. Yeah. You need to have a fantastic, you need, the other biggest thing that I've learned too is today. And again, I'm, I'm just saying in my experience, and I'm saying it across the board, most folks will work hard enough not to get fired mm -hmm. unless they see a path for themselves to be successful, having yeah. their own business, being, uh, getting a promotion or whatever. And and there's so many on social media. And what you see is that you'll see people say, you know, um, there's a guy, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he talks about, you know, uh, well, why, you know, I've seen your work production drop off so much. Well, he goes, yeah, because I've been the top producer for a couple of years and nothing changed. So I'd rather work at the level of my compensation. And the lady's like, you know, the HR lady's freaking out. But it, it's the thing is like, you have to give folks an opportunity to be successful. The thing about entrepreneurship is, is you sign your own check. You, mm -hmm. your effort and energy and guts and blood, sweat and tears is going to dictate that. You either sign your own check or you sign your own death certificate. Right. <laughs> or you strap yourself with so much debt and you're, you're trying to swim and trying to figure out how to get out of it mm -hmm. and you work your way out. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I can only tell you how many businesses I've run for years without getting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. How... I mean, people look at that's bonkers, but it builds over time. Mm -hmm. You know, most businesses don't make money for a year or two. And and the average Joe can't figure that out. Like, how how will you survive? But that's that means you're not wired. <laughs> wired you like, make it happen. like us yeah. whack jobs, right? We're, you yeah. know, we don't, you know, we're wired differently. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of it is just these cultural narratives of like, um, instant gratification with so much. You see so much on social media of like, yes. Like Gary said, another Gary Vaynerchuk, he says, being entrepreneurs cool now. Like when I was, when he was doing it, he's like, it wasn't cool to do it. Right. And so like, I think a lot of people jump into this expecting to quit their job, to make a million dollars their first or second year and all these different things. And another thing that gauges success that I found too, which is funny that you brought it up was like the numbers game of like, oh, we have a business that has 20 something employees and blah, 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 blah. And I'm under the impression like you are, I'm like, I want mine lean and mean. I want my gross margins right. to be where they need to be and so on and so forth. Because I understand at this point in my career as an entrepreneur, like what that means to have margin and scale that way with systems. Um, but like, what can we do to, I mean, again, I think that goes down to the jobs too, right? Because who's going to take on a $20 an hour job when they're trying to be whatever, you know, a, right. a professional YouTuber or whatever it might be. They don't understand the delaying of the gratification to be, to building something worth building, right? And like you're talking about the hungry farmer, that's just such a cool story because it was like you just wanted to get, you know, you wanted your stepping stones to get to your ultimate goal, but you're delaying your gratification. Maybe you could have gotten a job as a server somewhere else sure. if you really wanted to, but you didn't. No. And so how how has that changed in recent years for kids? I, I think um, 
you know, I think the willingness to put up with brain damage is drastically limited. I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, somebody said something really interesting to me that I never considered. So I grew up as a kid playing video games, you know, and we, I played the old school NES. I played Legend <laughs> of Zelda. I played Super Mario Brothers. You know, you're playing Super Mario Brothers and you're playing Mario dies. When Mario dies, that third or fourth or fifth death, it's done. You go all the way back to world one, one. Mm -hmm. And that action over and over says, hey, if you die, you start all over. 20 years later, you save your game and you get to start at world four. You get to start at world six. And I think that is drastically a model of exactly what the problem is, is that you don't feel the pain anymore. Mm -hmm. When you lose the football game and you get a trophy, there's no pain. So for me, I think people are motivated by hope for gain or fear of loss. When you take away the fear of loss from everybody, what you've done is you've you, you've made a a uh, a playing field where there's what's the point? Like why am I going to do this? Like if I can sit at home, and and I think it's a two a part of a motivation and a, maybe I don't want to say it's if I can pay my bills for two grand a month, I'm going to make two grand a month, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live at home. I'm going to make two grand a month, and I'm happy. And I think there's also a pivot towards that, like. Not it's not keeping up with the Joneses. Like you know, when I grew up, it was it was keeping up with the Joneses. Like you wanted, like they had a good car, so you I wanted to have a good car. They had this, I want to have this. So you know, and I don't think it's I don't see that in the same way that I used to see it. So in in the team that we have now, they want to earn their paycheck and go home, and they are really happy with that, and that's that's great, and that's fine. The only and, and then there's the outliers that they want to build an empire, right? And so you have you have both sides. I think that we have to figure out a way to create cultures in our businesses that people love going to work and love being there and and feel like they're making a difference in the job and in their place. Because if you don't have that, a paycheck will not work. Mm -hmm. Because the if if it's all paycheck, it's simply a matter of every two years you're going to go get a new job with a bigger paycheck. Because the fact is, you can. If you move jobs every two to three years, you will get a bigger paycheck every time you move because that's just how it works. But we have to create environments that have meaning um, in a way of chiropractic offices. And what we have to establish in that is that we are investing as much in our staff, our teams and our people as we are the patients. And if they feel like they are genuinely loved and cherished and cared for in those practices, our staff and our teams, then that's going to reflect in, in, in how that is. And if we don't do that, then we're not going to keep those folks because we need to give, give, we have to be able to provide so much more than a paycheck, so much more than benefits. Because if you're not doing that, you're a better benefit or a better paycheck away. And so we have to create environments where people love being there. And, you know, I, even though it sucked, I love being at the hunger farmer. Why? I don't know. It just, I did. And, mm -hmm. and, and it was maybe, but it was a hunger. It was, everybody was gunning. Everybody was running, you know? And, and I think that was a part of it. And I think that if we can create environments that give people the feelings that they need, the support they need to be successful in many more areas than just their job. So, um, in our, in our connected health practices, we say it's, 
connected family, connected life, connected health. And what we want to do is we want to help our staff, our teams, and our patients connect better with their family, mm -hmm. connect better in their life, and connect better with their health. And when you think about it that way, if we can do the same things in for our patients that we do internally and internally for our patients, we'll have something special. And that's that's the thing. I think it's you have to provide so much more than a paycheck. That's where the workforce is going. Yep. It has to and and it's not ping pong tables. And yeah. <laughs> and 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 it, but for years people thought it was ping pong tables and good lunches and beanbag chairs. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's relationship. Yeah. It's, I come to work because I change lives at work. You know, um, teachers in the modern era, they teach because they want to, even though it's very challenging and very difficult. They make not enough money, and yet they go to school every day with classes that have too many kids in them who have all kinds of issues because they believe in what they're doing. So... We have to create an environment that serving our customers, serving our patients, serving our people is just like that, where people are, are understand we are making a difference in your business. And people say, well, how do you make a difference in your business? I went to Urban Egg today after not being at Urban Egg for four years. The waitress came over. How's it going? I haven't seen you in so long. I haven't been here four years. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. She goes, You're, you have a wife and, and two little ones. I'm like yeah, and did what you do you there a lot? <laughs> I did a lot, <laughs> a lot. But, but I love that though, place. But I can't, but but that's the thing. Like they came back and then they said, "Guess what? There's one in Overland Park." And I'm like, "I'll that, drive. <laughs> I'll drive from my house in, up to Overland Park, uh, Kansas." That's you know? in Kansas City. That's right. where uh, they're building. Our previous guest, literally the one that just aired today. His wife is from Overland Park. Yeah. And, and they they just they built one there, and I was like, I didn't know, but now I know, nice. so I'll I make the drive. <laughs> I'll make the drive. But they they're but but that's it. Why did I? Why was the first place I wanted to come back here there? Because I had much more than a Southwest Benedict. Mm -hmm. I had an experience, right? And why was she there? She's been there eleven years. She told wow. me eleven years. The one I right over there, restaurant, right over time? here on North Nevada. Oh, nice. Right over in North Nevada, 11 years as a server. So obviously she, she makes good money, but what does she, she loves the brand. And, and you know, one of the things I say, are you writing for the brand? Like, you know, the mm -hmm. cowboy days, like when you think like Yellowstone's really, you know, super popular and you think about all that, right? How do we get everybody on the same page and what we're doing that we're all trying to build something cool together? And how does everybody get to be a part of that? And I think that's, again about culture and you have to be able to have something like that because if not you are a paycheck you are a job and you don't mm -hmm. want to be a job because who wants to go to a job i've had a job working for somebody else three or four times in my life and i've been fired three or four times in my life yeah. so it doesn't it doesn't work so well yeah, so yeah. i don't know it's not that I, it's not that i don't work well with others i don't work well for others right mm -hmm. and but it's a, a, because a lot of guys like us are wired in a way that says we don't like, the worst thing that happens to me is we've always done it this way or that's the way we do it. We don't do it any other way different. And that's literally cost me my job one time is that I was like, well, that job, that way is stupid. We should do it this way. And I'm always doing that too. <laughs> and, and, and we did it this way. And, you know, um, and the, I mean, we almost quadrupled profits by doing this and it still got fired. 
Jesus. Because, <laughs> because we, I was running a dealership group, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the location was in the bottom. It was at 115. It was in the bottom, uh, I think it was 110 out of 115 in profitability. And I took it into the top 10 within 90 days by changing all these things. And then I got put on a plan to get it back to the way it was because we don't do things this way. And I just was like, I'm out. Yeah, so, wow. That's it was crazy. like we had uh, some of the highest profitability and the highest customer satisfaction, and it still didn't go. So I was like, okay, we're, we're out. I don't understand. People just don't like to change, I guess. Huh? Well, and there, there might be there might be more. There's somewhere defense. There might be more to the story there. Okay, I, I couldn't figure it out, but mm-hmm. but you've got to be willing to be nimble. Mm-hmm. You got to be willing to be plugged into your folks. And I, I mean, I, I think there's and we're a, a bunch of obviously different tangents, but the reality is this entrepreneurship journey is a lot of tangents. It's everything from great mentorship. And, and and how to find good people to work with. It's how to build a great culture inside of your business. Um, it's, you know, understanding the cores of financials and how to deal with that or finding great people who know how to do it. There's the thing that I love about it is I don't think that there's any single day that's the exact same because mm-hmm. you better be learning. And um, I, I think that the whole fun of entrepreneurship is the challenge of entrepreneurship. It's to figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, a big puzzle that you don't really know what the end, you, you have a picture of what it kind of looks like, but you're really not sure. You think it's a beach, but it might not be. It might be something else. I think know? I'm like a tenth of a mile away from hitting that point, I think. Like I'm yep. that close. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped. It's the greatest <laughs> game of all time, right? 24-7. It, it is. And how fun is it to wake up in the morning excited that you get to do what you get to do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think for me, that's the best part. Um, you know, I ask people, is like, if I put a bunch of money in your checking account tomorrow, what would you do today? And put it all in ads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and and the thing is, I would do the exact same thing I'm doing because yeah. I love it. Yeah. And 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 if if uh, if you can't say that, then figure out what that is. You know, um, and and that's and and not everybody's entrepreneurship. Every a lot of people love to go to work. They want to put their time into being at home with their families and, mm-hmm. and and there's nothing that's wonderful. Um, and, and you have to obviously have a smart balance in as an entrepreneur with your family. And, um, that's, I mean, super critical. I've got a lovely wife and two wonderful, mm-hmm. well, four wonderful kids, two out of the house. And, Who did you forget? So I've got, you a, got two with tw- you. That's I got 24, think, yeah. 23, seven and four. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, one of them has been on this show, cut to a clip. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and that's the, you know, so when you know if you're really successful is you watch your kids be successful mm-hmm. and, and, um, watching, awesome. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. And, um, if anything that I've been able to do and it's, you know, or, or I'm really proud of is resilient kids. And it's, if you can get kicked in the mouth and get up and keep going, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think if that's, if that's one thing my kids have got for me, then that's fantastic. And, and, and that's, if anything, that's what I would say is probably the most important thing. And you better be ready for it as an entrepreneur because it's going to happen. Just yeah. in life, if you build people who are resilient against adversity, it's like, right. if you want to have a child, whether an entrepreneur or not, you, they have to face adversity at a very high level. And like dealing with that once they do get kicked in the mouth is a very, very important skill to develop throughout the rest of your life, right? It's, right. It's super important. Well, if, if, if you can't do that, I think that, you're going to be in a rough, rough shape. 
I, I think that you'll be in a situation where you won't know how to take care of yourself you and other people. parents to yep. 40. <laughs> yep. And, and the thing is, is that, uh, you have to figure out, um, it's one, what, what, what's next? Like, you know, it's like, okay, this happened. So what do I do now? Mm -hmm. You know? And, um, and the more resilient you are, the easier it gets. Like, you know, bad things happen to everybody. Um, but you also find out what's really important too. Um, you know, I was in the, probably one of the biggest things that I've, I've personally had to go through is, um, my wife and I had, had just had to exit a franchise. Um, we had to buy our way out. We had to start a company and, uh, this is, uh, 2019 mm. and we, we start building this company up and, uh, my wife is pregnant and we have, uh, my son Marcus at, uh, at almost 10 weeks early. What? Um, so at 30 weeks, we get admitted to the NICU here um, at St. Francis. And my son was there 81 days. He was in the NICU 81 days while we were trying to figure out how to build a business, keep it going, keep everybody, you know, all in place. And the resilience of my wife, Amy, and going through all that with the, just, I can only tell you how challenging it is. We were, you know, they were, we had a wonderful team of doctors and nurses and, 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 and that, that just did everything right. Um, and, and so many things well, um, but the resilience to keep going through that and then come right out of that and go right into COVID was kind of, it's oh, <laughs> kind, of, yeah. <laughs> kind of fun, right? You're so diving up and down know, out of the water, <laughs> but, but, it, but again, it's, it's being resilient. And that little guy, you know, came out of there and he just celebrated his fourth birthday. And he's, he's a wonderful, fantastic kiddo. And he and my daughter, Charlotte, and just are, they're wonderful. And, but again, you, you, you have a choice to give up. You do. Yeah. That's a perfect time to go. This sucks. I'm out. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Right. And, but you can't, you got to go, you got to keep fighting. And, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, I could not do what I do without my wife. So you also have to have a good partner. Um, you know, if you ask my wife, Amy, what she does, she'll say she stays at home with the kids. That's not what she does. She does accounts payable for multiple businesses. She does payroll for 30 something employees. But she, if you ask her, she'll say, I, I stay home with the kids. Mm -hmm. And there's not a, a big decision I make that, that we don't make together, that we, we talk through everything. And having her believe in me and having that support system is unbelievably critical. So even as an entrepreneur, you can't really do it by yourself because if, if you've got, uh, you know, a spouse or a significant other, you got to have the right one. Who's going to be willing to, to, to think, man, my husband is wacko. He's nuts, but Hey, it's kind of worked out pretty good. Sometimes were, were there years <laughs> where you didn't have a spouse when you were doing your entrepreneur stuff? It was, Oh yeah. Many years. Um, so, um, my wife and I have been, uh, together for, um, nine years or so, but yeah, I had a, pr a pretty good long window. Um, and I surrounded myself with, with good friends and good, but, and then those are the times, again, you look out for mentors and those relationships. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. I was talking to my friend, Dale, I spent, you know, he, he had been in the business for, you know, car business for years. And, um, and so there's a lot of folks that you, again, one of the big things I would say is that you are going to be mostly like the five people you hang around the mm -hmm. most. I, I, we have always heard that book, whatever. I'm absolutely telling you it's the truth. Mm -hmm. 
and I hung around with cool people. Yeah, it gets thrown around a lot these days, but it's the truth. Yeah, it, it is, <laughs> and I can tell you. And um, oh, I can't remember. There's a guy online I can't remember, but he's got a really good big network of friends, and he, they all track what they make. Oh, and really? They all track together, and like how many days off they have, and everything. And I, it's just funny to watch, but but. The more time he spends, you see his name move up or down with the group <laughs> out of these 20 guys. So it's like, yeah, I spent this vacation with them and his numbers went up and I uh, went out with these guys and my numbers <laughs> went down. And it, it is. It's 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 the conversations you have. It's the discussions you'll have. It's it's how you want to be, you know. And, and so, you know, I think on both sides, I think it's really important. To, it's just the team you have around you, whether it be your spouse or whether it be your best friends or your mentorship group or whatever it is. If there's anything you need, you need that the more than anything else. Cause that's what's, yeah. that's what's going to get you by when, when you, you know, I joke with my son, Jason, that entrepreneurship is like a journey where this day you're going to go buy a private jet. And this day we're going bankrupt. I'm going to jump off the house. And this day, we're going, you know, it's like, boom, sure. boom, all over the place because, but that is, and you have to handle those swings. Oh, you yeah. know, it's a lot of swings. <laughs> and, and, and so, being able to handle that is being able to pick up the phone and say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. What should I do? Mm -hmm. And and having somebody has maybe not the right answer, but says, man, I've been there. It sucks. Here's how I did it. Yeah. It's important to have someone that's, that's been there. I think, cause if you're telling someone that hasn't, they're not going to fully understand what you're going through. I, I feel like, um, because I mean, and you're also they're they're going to, judge it in ways that they don't understand, I think, you know, so I think it's important to find someone that has gone through similar struggles that you might have been going through because you also may just get bad advice too from that. <laughs> right. right. Well, that's why you have more than one. Yeah. Right? yeah. You have a couple <laughs> different guys you call, you know, and, um, and I think that always just being open, open and, and um, I think is a big part of it. Um, one of the things that's, uh, that's a big, in Connected Health, um, uh, the chiropractic and integrated medical brand we we uh, we work with, is that I, I say that, that everything comes down to four things. I, if you want to be a part of our team, number one is you have to be authentic. You have to be willing to to be real about what you're feeling, your beliefs, all that. Number two is you have to be open. If you're pissed off, you need to say I'm pissed off. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I feel blank. Whatever. So. If you're authentic without being open, it doesn't go anywhere. And if you're open without being authentic, it doesn't go anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be honest and real about where you're at and being willing to talk to myself or the team about where you're at. The other one is you have got to be coachable. You can't believe that you know everything because you're going to have so many of the, your own barriers in your own way that you have placed there. Mm -hmm. You can always get better at anything that you do. And the big one for us is teamwork. You have to be a good teammate. It can't be all about what you and what you can do. It's about how do we all rise together? And how do we all make everybody's life better? And if you don't have those four, you're not a part of our team. Oh, that's so important. And when I worked at a really great agency with a really good culture, we also implemented peer reviews. And that was huge too, just because I forgot if it was anonymous or not, but like getting review, I mean, I'm talking about like top to bottom. So like I got to review the CEO of a hundred and, $80 million marketing agency. That's awesome. awesome. That would be cool. And so like, and then you learn so much about what people think of you and like, again, highlighting, like I got this award from the peer review of like burning the midnight oil. I love that award because it meant like I was there first in the morning. I was the last to leave. Like, again, going back to you being a hard worker, 
That's something I always felt about myself, but it was getting validated externally within my workplace. And it was huge. You know, like, again, building up that transparency and having that in a place that you work is very important because a lot of times it does feel very isolating when you're working very hard and you don't know who's seeing what or what's picking up on what, right? Well, and I think uh, if the anonymous component would make it much more because a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Mm -hmm. But we, we, one thing we try to do is just brutal honesty. Like yeah. it sucks. We know it's coming. Like you're like wincing, ready to get blasted, you know? And and that's the thing you have to be willing to, it, I've got to be willing to accept it just like as much as dishing it out. I'm not much of a disher, but I'm much of a, you know, uh, I'm, I'm willing to, to listen. And, mm -hmm. and I, cause I know like anything else, I know I have weaknesses. I have things that I could do better at, you know? Um, and I, I think that being willing to, to listen to being constructive feedback is a, a very important part too like you said and and it'd be able to give it too you know and being able to pay attention like can't like i said be a good teammate can't be all about you and what you're gonna you know it's about how do i help everybody and that's one thing i love about the culture what we created is all our doctors call each other all the time love it. talk about how do i help you what's going on man this sucks i'm having a really bad month you know i can't you know we're not getting any new patients and 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 they have sounding boards for each other and i think that's so important is being able to be a part of a group together and it's really a group of entrepreneurs all together building their own businesses which is really cool yeah that's what it sounded like as you're explaining it. it's like it sounds like they have to go out and find their own clients yeah and then <laughs> i mean you know obviously they do that and they do marketing and they do all those other things too but it's it's really cool that they have sounding boards yeah. you're not on an island and that's one of the biggest things i think is so many businesses also end up on that island and then they don't know what to do like it's a very lonely island, right? Mm -hmm. It's very lonely to to be able to try to build it all by yourself, um, because honestly, who do you, who are you gonna high five when you have a great month if there's no one there, right? It That's sucks, you know. You're gonna high and, five and, the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> money. you know what? It doesn't it doesn't high five <laughs> yeah. you back. It, it just is. goes in your account, and you're like, now what? You know, exactly. And you go yeah. buy some trinket, and sixty days later, like eh, that was dumb. You know, I mean, there's nothing more important than relationships with other people. And, and that's what I would say more than anything else. You want to be a successful entrepreneur, have great relationships. You want to be a good, su successful human being or person or father or brother or friend or mother, daughter, whatever. Put your, your energy into relationships with other people because they'll have the best return. Amen. Simon Sinek says, if you don't know people, you don't know business. It's very important to build those relationships. And so like he was just ex saying something about like having the sounding boards and it's so important. And like we had a guest on one of our best friends, his name is Brian. He runs an ax throwing business and a whole other like event company that supplements for corporate events. But he lost his mother oh. two years ago this month. And he was talking about like, my mother didn't have the answers to like 95% of the things that, but she was there and she listened. Mm -hmm. And I was able to, I think it was more important for him to just like voice what's going on in his heart and his head more than anything, just to get it out there and for someone to listen, whether they had the answer or not is like so, so important for everybody, you know, because this world that we live in, it's so isolating. It's very, especially when you're starting out, like you don't feel like you feel like you're alone in a lot of it. If you don't have that, you know, group of people of other entrepreneurs, it can be very isolating. It's like one of the first things I hear from a lot of my friends who just start businesses for the first time. And I've definitely felt that many times. And so I thought, like you having that and instilling that culture and your businesses and everything that you do is just like, it's so mission critical to get to that next level as a business. Cause it's more than the, just the job then. Right. Absolutely. Well, like you have, again, it's about building in other people. If it's all about you, it's all about you. It's all about building in these great relationships help. Cause the thing is this, you know, we can have two different marketing companies and we can work together on projects because the reality of us 
we're not really trying to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no real point, especially across state lines and nationally, nobody, nobody, you're, they're not competing against each other. It's just not the reality of it. Right. There's abundance. And, right. There's so much out there. So there's no reason to not work with some great people in your area to figure out how to, to be successful because you can have multiple. I mean, one plumber is not going to ho- handle all the Colorado Springs, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that 10 plumbers can handle all the Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. you know? And so the reality is there's no reason those guys don't, don't share and grow. You know, one of the very valuable things I got in my time in the car business was I joined a, what's called a 20 group and we would get 20 car dealers together every quarter and share financials, best practices, best ads, best whatever. And every month you had to turn your financials in and they'd share it with everybody. And you'd say, dude, what are you spending? What is, what is your labor cost here? Like what is going on? Talk about being vulnerable. And, 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 but it, but that's true accountability. Mm -hmm. And trust me, you don't think I was looking at those numbers I was having to submit before. I was like, Oh gosh, I'm going to get here about that on, you know, in January, you know, because the accountability and, 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 I'm not, I don't care what a guy in Philadelphia is doing in his car dealership. I, I, he, I want, I will help him. He'll help me because somebody's not going to fly from Philadelphia to pick up a car in Colorado Springs. Well, mm-hmm. they would now probably, but at the time, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. at the time <laughs> they wouldn't. But, but that's the thing is like surround yourself with people doing what you're doing and, and figure out how to help each other. You yeah. Know? And I mean, in, in the modern era, there's, you know, it's, it, it's a text away, mm-hmm. you know, you find somebody has a really great social media saying, Hey, you do this. I'd love to help you. What can I do to help you? You can kind of give me some pointers, you know, because that, that in this, the speed of everything, there's so many opportunities to engage other people. And with, I mean, from, I mean, when I was doing that, they didn't, we didn't have zoom calls or Google meets. We didn't have, we they jumped groups. on a plane. You jumped on a plane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that was it. You're on a plane. We met somewhere different every quarter. You can hop on a, a weekly call, like accountability call. You could do so many things that uh, make, make it, you know, so valuable that, that weren't around back then. And that's, that's again, find good people. Mm-hmm. It's all, and we just said about relationship, but that's, that's, there's so many cool things that you can do. There's no excuse, honestly, to not have it. Yeah. So, so we recent, recently here in Colorado Springs started a videography co-op and there's, t- there's, well, we're, we're capping it at 10 Edgar's in it too. Um, but we have like eight members so far and we all get together and we, we share like our goals and and uh, hold each other accountable on those goals as well too. And we also like also share techniques like videography techniques. And we have like every, once a month we get together t- ten of us. We're all in the same uh, market though, so it's kind sure. of crazy that we're even doing that in the same market. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but we are. But is there awesome. plenty to go around? Yes, there is. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> It's pretty cool. I mean, I, you know, there's wedding photographer groups that get together. Right. And oh, yeah. You'd, I mean, mm-hmm. at, 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 at mass, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so- There's, there's just a, a recent one, I think, actually. Sure. But that's my point. Like, yeah. there's, pl- there's plenty of weddings to go around, right? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, and everything from, you know, filming social content to mm-hmm. taking pictures of- I mean, there's so much- There's more business yeah. than you could- So, we, a lot of us get really tied about secrets and- se- there's really no secret sauces. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's no reason you can't build something, grow, you know, have everybody grow together. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know that I have any specific secrets that I wouldn't just tell somebody that if they wanted to sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, in those meetings, I usually end up saying things. And after the meeting, I was, I, sometimes I'm like, 
should I have said that? <laughs> right. But then it's all good. <laughs> yeah. When you become good enough at your craft, like you can give people like tact, like you can give so much. To, like we talked about Hermosi before that's, right. I mean, this guy gives away things I mean, that others right. are paying right. thousands, tens yeah, yeah, of thousands yeah. of dollars Absolutely. for. And he's giving away better yeah. content sure. for free. Right. Why is he doing that? Well, there's a lot of reasons why he's yeah, doing yeah. that. But one, it's definitely because he wants to build people up and to have them build up their business from whatever stack they're in in their business journey. Right. Well, well, that's his but business it's, model. It's buying those businesses, right? Tr- <laughs> but it's trustworthy. It's he's established something somebody you can trust, and because of that, exactly. Um, if I'm going to sell a business, mm-hmm. who am I going to probably call first? Right. Talk about building on uh, the jab, 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 right hook. He he likes to build on top of that, and he he likes to say, give, 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 and never jab. Actually, mm-hmm. give until they ask. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But. But um, you know anybody that's been around Gary Vee for a long time, who would? Oh yeah, he who originated would, that. Who yeah. Right, but who yeah. wouldn't? Who wouldn't kill to to do whatever it took to get in front of him for twenty minutes? For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you know they're going to come to you. You're not. You're going not going to need to do anything. Exactly. You know? I, I you know I wonder how many board seats he's been offered or how much equity oh, he's yeah. been offered over the years. Right. So oh, yeah. It's a, it's it's a, it, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the more you're willing to put yourself out there to help other people, it all comes. It's you know karma. You know, it all comes back. The law of reciprocity. It's, it's been done. Yep. It, you know, it, what all the the help and mentorship and and stuff has been given to me. I, that's what I want to do is give it back to other people too. You know, I make gambles on people all the time. Um, and why, well, like we talked about, people gambled on me, and it's that's I mean that's what my that's what my job is is I'm gambling my effort, capital, energy, time, on other people. Well, thanks for gambling on us. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> we you appreciate know, that. I think, but what I love the most about this is is passion. You, you are passionate about entrepreneurship. You're passionate about Colorado Springs. You know, I I've, I was born here. I lived most of my life in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I love Colorado Springs. And so whatever I can do to help Colorado Springs and help the people in Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs, made me an entrepreneurship, you know, made me an entrepreneur. If I can help other entrepreneurs in Colorado Springs, I want to do everything I can to give back. And so that's why I want to help you guys. I want to help anybody who wants help. Um, you know, that, that's why I'm here. I'm here because I believe in Colorado Springs and I believe I want to give back to Colorado Springs the way it gave to me. Oh man, that's such, that's such a beautiful thing to say. And yeah, we absolutely are vested. I mean, a lot of our episodes are talking about how invested we are in the future and how things are as you were saying when you first came in here about like you're like man there's cranes up everywhere and, yeah. and what's going on I didn't on? even recognize from Monument uh, Mike Monument Hill down I'm like where am I if I was yeah, I would have known the street names you know I mean you you go to the Interquest corridor yeah. uh, I'm That's like where I grew up too is I'm like there. what I mean they were starting on the the ramps uh the old you know I the old Northgate exit it was just like a kamikaze <laughs> yeah. turn to go up to Northgate. <laughs> so, you know, I, how long I've been here, my, my granddad who pretty much raised me, uh, was worked for the Danella water district before there was any houses in Glen Eagle. So wow. we used to go out there in his old beater pickup truck and, and walk around where they're going to put all the water lines and everything when I was a kid. Uh, you know, it's just amazing to see, like, you know, there was that Centura hospital wasn't even there when we left. I mean, I drove by, I'm like, where is, what is that? You know, it's just amazing to see what's happening. Um, I mean, the whole North Nevada looks so different than, you know, what I remember too. It's growing, man. It's not, growing quickly. Not a lot of edgy hotels and yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. all gone. Well, most of them are gone. Yeah. Some of them are still there. Yeah. There's some yeah. Not for long. They're surviving. But so 
we always have a couple different questions we ask at the very end sure. of this and we're starting to wrap things up, but I wanted to ask you personally, like, so what's next for a franchise succeed? You know, really what I think for us is we enjoy working with great folks and we're always on the lookout for great people. I would say great people as much as great businesses, because if I find fantastic people, they'll make a fantastic business. Um, and, and that's really what for me is, you know, we're looking for to partner with great people who know how to build businesses and know how to train and coach other people. And, um, I think the, you know, our business is really neat because we really get to work on three facets. We get to work one on the, the emerging part to, to take an, a successful business and help it scale and grow through franchising. And then we help it grow in that process through a, uh, our sales organization that we have. But the fun part is going to be really is when we help get to that point where we're looking to sell that, sell that to private equity um, or, or, you know, venture capital or whatever, and, and help those founders take a really fun, successful exit. And that's, we're kind of one of the only companies in, in this industry that does all three. And that's kind of the neat part. We get to, you know, from, from birth to retirement kind of a deal. <laughs> it's kind of fun. That's awesome. Well, where can we find you? Um, well, I'm at Jeff at FranchiseSucceed.com. You can check us out on our website and uh, and feel free to reach out on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram. You can find me on TikTok as Jeff, J-E-F-F Franchise. Um, and uh, I'd love to connect with you guys in any way I can. And if you're an entrepreneur looking for somebody to run some crazy idea off a napkin to, I'd love to hear it because that's just what I love to do. Just make the napkin so I can read it. Yeah, make it legible. Yeah. <laughs> use, use red or not yellow. You know, yellow crayons don't work. But but no, I, I you know, if you've got a fantastic business and you want to figure out how to scale it and take it to the next level, I'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for being well, on. Thank this you with guys us, for, for making the schedule work. I'm so glad to be able to be in town for a little bit. And, and I do, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing and anything I can help you guys, the podcast or anybody in the Springs, I, I'd sure love to. Awesome, Sweet, man. man. We appreciate that. Yeah, it's been great having you on. Thank you. All right. You want to. Yeah. Thank you so much again for a hundredth time. We appreciate you, your support, everything that you do for us and just, We've already already started exchanging some contacts uh, yes. in the past few months for helping great. franchise succeed and everything as well, and it's just been a great episode overall. So thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, two hundred and eleven. Woo! Yeah. If you love what you see, reach out to me at franchisesucceed.com. Shoot me a DM here. I'll reach out to you as fast as I can. All right. Thank you guys. Sorry, I know I ran. Oh, you're good, man. That's how we like you. <laughs>